Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm a compulsive overeater. Good morning, folks. Um, I am grateful to be here with you all this morning. Um, And I also feel compelled to let you know that I remembered that I was the speaker seven minutes ago. (laughs) So um, you will get um, authentic impulsive overeater. Um, and, uh, and actually that, uh, brings me to, oh, um, can you give me time warnings, please? Sure. What kind? Tell me every five minutes. Thanks. Um, uh, it brings me to what I'd like to speak, speak about this morning, which, um, is the notion of belonging. And um, I, uh, this morning I was strolling through social media and I read um, a quote, an outside literature quote by an author who I like about belonging. And so it was on my mind and um, Me, I was reflecting this morning about what that has to do with me and um, and my role and place in OA. Um, so I'll start off by just uh, letting you know. I'll try to stick to the what it was like, what happened, what it's like now format. Um, so lots of you here have heard my story, um, but some of you maybe haven't. And so I'll tell you a little bit about uh, what it was like for me growing up. I grew up um, in a family of um, compulsive folks. Um, I grew up with uh, a father who was, I think what we would call um, an exercise bulimic. Um, he was a weightlifter and was super into, um, food plans when like, it wasn't actually like that cool yet. Um, and, uh, for folks in podcast land, uh, I'm coming up on 50 years old. So this was like late seventies, early eighties, um, and we, and, and in our household, we were not allowed to eat any grains uh, because uh, grains were, quote, bad for you. Um, now, uh, sugar, yeah, you can have as much of that as you want. Um, but no rice, people. I'm going to have any bread. Um, and, uh, and so my dad from the outside looked extremely fit um, and was uh, 
lauded for that. And he was also the, um, the guy in the aerobics class, the only man in the yoga class. Um, and, and, and that was his, uh, he was very focused on being fit. My mother, on the other hand, um, was quote, not fit. Uh, she was overweight and, um, and didn't really exercise in my memory at all. Um, and food, she was a is a compulsive overeater um, and food was a way to connect and uh, to be soothed and to feel um, good. And so uh, my dad was pretty violent and also was an alcoholic and had some mental illness. Um, so the environment, we are, were also really poor. So the environment was chaotic. Um, there were like really strict rules that if you did not follow them, there would be a violent outcome. Um, and there was a lot of uh, and, you know, my dad was the quote bad guy and my mom was the good guy. And uh, my mom would do things like take us out um, at the grocery store. She'd like buy like some treat that had grains in it and we just had to keep it a secret. Um, so I grew up really- it's five minutes. Uh, thank you. I grew up um, hiding food, um, knowing that there were, knowing that's in quotes, that there were good and bad foods and, um, and that being fat was super bad. It was like super duper bad. And, and I was a chubby kid. I, I am, I'm built like my mom. I don't um, have, my brother is built like my dad. Um, I don't have this um, unending physical energy. I do ending energy in my mind. So uh, anxiety, a lot of energy. Um, so I grew up a chubby kid and, um, and I grew up in a family that didn't, that I didn't feel like I was supposed to be there. I was never um, to have any real needs. My parents' needs were more tantamount than mine. Um, I was the adult in the family. And so I just did what I was, what I thought I was supposed to do based on TV. And so I got good grades and I smiled all the time and um, I tried to survive. So you can fast forward that behavior um, into suddenly I'm in college, right? <laughs> and, um, and I'm still big and I still feel like the only way I can survive is to give people um, what they theoretically want from me. 
and I was desperately, desperately alone. Um, I had lots of friends and I felt alone and food was the thing that um, didn't require anything of me, theoretically. I could, I could just be okay with food. I didn't, I didn't have to pretend to be anybody else. Um, and I, in middle school, picked up um, purging and um, it got kind of bad in college. Um, well, there are periods of time where my vanity actually prevented some of my purging. So when I shared a bathroom um, with a bunch of girls on a dorm hall, I didn't do it very much because I could easily be found out. But as soon as I got a private bathroom, then it was sort of like to the races. Um, and I have this moment in, um, in college, my senior year of college, I was doing really well. I had received big awards. I was like um, the golden child from my department and, uh, and I was miserable. And I was purging and I started to choke. And, um, and I was the kind of eater where I, like not a particular kind of food like give me food and I'll just like eat a lot of it there's <laughs> like, why not like just graze all day long and just eat a lot of food um and uh so I was purging because um my mom told me in middle school that I might feel better because I had eaten too much dinner one night she told me I might feel better if I threw up and um and I started to choke and, uh, and I had this thought of relief. Oh, finally, it's gonna be over. Um, and I don't have a belief um, that is uh, anthropomorphized. I don't know, it's not like a human sense. I like believe in the universe. Um, and you but I feel like my heart was with me in that moment and said that's not what you're supposed to feel when you're close to death you're supposed to be bummed not relieved and um I feel like that moment was um like so many moments in my life where uh my spirit my ancestors the universe, whatever my higher power is, was like, Emily, actually you're worth it. Don't give up, um, you can get help. And, um, and it took me another, um, you know, it took me another decade or so to find this, this room, um, which I found about 15 years ago. And uh, thank you. And I am an I'm a school person. 
I was, um, on, I've been on either side of the teachers. Stop. So I walked into a meeting and you all were um, sitting in rows in chairs facing somebody at the front of the room on the other side of the proverbial desk. And I was like, all right, I can be here. And, uh, and I should say that um, while I felt like it was safe to be in that first meeting, I was the only black person in that meeting. And I didn't instantly feel like I belonged. I felt like I could be there because I was used to being the only black person. Um, I spent a lot of time in predominantly white spaces, um, but I didn't feel like I could belong. I felt like I still needed to do what I still needed to give you what you expected of me. So I spent my first few years in program um, looking for what I wanted, which was makes sense, but just like taking other people like, oh, well that person um, does that. So I should do that exact same thing. I'll do that. Um, and, and it was a struggle. I, 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 um, I would be abstinent for uh, short periods of time and, um, and then I would lose it. And I didn't really understand that um, this whole piece about the dignity of choice. I, I intellectually understood it, but I didn't understand it in my, in my heart and in my soul that I didn't have to look, be, and act exactly like you in order to belong to you um, and, and to belong to this program. So I was under this notion that I just needed to fit in, um, but I wasn't bringing my whole authentic self. And one of the things that it has taken me a long time to realize is that, um, Part of my authentic self is I get really, really um, stressed out when I have, when I adopt a food plan that doesn't actually make sense to me. Um, and, and so I can follow a food plan and make it a diet. Um, and so I was following other people's food plans like they were diets. And, and that was causing me to have short-term success um, and not long-term. Um, and so about uh, three years into program, I got a great sponsor um, and she said to me, um, what's an abstinence you can do? What would, what could you actually successfully do? And that was pretty groundbreaking to me because um, I don't know who it is, but there's like some old time comedian guy who says like he would never want to be in a 
club that accepted him or something. It's like Groucho Marx or something. I don't know. Um, and like, that was me. Like, could I ever accept what I was actually capable of? Like, that's certainly not good enough. And so I was like, well, I guess I could, I could successfully stop purging. Like I could do that. I could, I could do that. Um, because I hadn't purged it um, once. Purging was something I let go of when I when I joined a program. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, I think I could stop binging. And I and I think for today, I could not eat any unplanned sugar. And so that day, I did that. I didn't binge, I didn't purge, and I didn't eat any unplanned sugar. Now, um, as teacher, there's always sugar in my environment. I mean, young people like sugar <laughs> and, and they wanna share it, which is lovely of them. Um, and so uh, the for it to be, saying like I could someday plan it um, gave me the mental release to not have to rebel against it because it wasn't something that you know like my dad was like making me do or this plan was making me do or this whoever was making me do I was just choosing to um to not have a plan for it that day um, thank you um, so I haven't planned any sugar for for 14 years. Um, and so a day at a time, I don't plan it. And so I don't eat it. And, um, and I haven't had the same food plan, um, because of various things have come up. I've been, I've had two babies in this program. I've been on, um, a naturopath's food plan. I had to most recently had to avoid things because of a medication I was on. There are reasons why my um, I have to exclude things, or reasons why I've tried to exclude things to figure out whether or not they work for me. Um, and but having the ability to know that my membership in this program does not rely upon um, somebody else's notion of my abstinence has it a place where I can be safe and grow um, and to show up authentically. And so this notion of like fitting in versus belonging in this quote that I read of like, fitting in is like what I've been talking about, like trying to be what I think other people want me to be. Longing is showing up authentically as me. Um, and when I show up authentically, then I, I don't know how to say this, but I get to belong to me. And so it's much easier to belong to you. Um, and you know, I will say that it is not easy um, 
not everybody has their photo up today and I don't know everybody in this room, but it looks like I'm still the only black person in the room. Um, and, uh, and oftentimes, weirdly enough in a way, I, I, am, I feel like I'm the only fat person in the room. And, and I don't use fat as a shaming word. I have extra fat on my body. Um, and I still belong, you know, cause I'm showing up, I'm giving you Emily and um, I'm talking about my real life experience. Um, and so I guess that's, um, I guess that's what I have to say this morning is that when you um, show up authentically yourself, even if you're really different, you make it really safe for me to show up. And, I, and that has happened over and over again um, for the majority of time for this decade and a half that I've been coming to this program. And I'm really grateful for that because life is not um, always easy. Life doesn't feel very easy right now. I've cried a lot in the last past week um, and I have big stressors and um, and I can forget that I'm the speaker until right before the meeting and not have to flip out because I know that I don't have to be anybody but myself. I can just tell you what my experience is. And um, my experience is if uh, I, I try to, um, if I try myself a little bit more every day and, and, and be loving towards myself, um, I get better. And remarkably, that has a lot to do with food. Like the other day, there was like leftovers of a thing and I felt weird letting it be trash. But I remembered what my sponsor said to me. She was like, are you a trash can? <laughs> like, should you put it in your body because you're a trash can? Or should you put it in the trash can? Because it's actually trash, no one wants it. Um, and I'm not a trash can. I, I really, I really love me. I am not a trash can. So I don't have to eat the leftover stuff or the free stuff or the special stuff or the, you know, like whatever it is, like as compulsive eaters, we do all that convincing of ourselves that like, well, but it's just a little, or it would be a waste or like, oh, I'm not going to have this opportunity again or whatever the... That's time. Okay, thanks. I'll wrap up. Um, so uh, thank you, everybody, for showing up and for being you in all your complicated self.